I'm sorry to have left you in a state of anticipation, excitement, and suspense, but the wait is finally over. Today we'll find out whether Bartol won his game of squash. Today was the last day of the Logic and Learning Summer School, which marks the halfway point for my time in Oxford. Before the first lecture, we had to move out of our rooms because the accommodation is only included for the summer school. After a quick breakfast, the first lecture of the day was on inductive logic programming and program synthesis, which was the same topic as yesterday. However, this time we were looking at a technique using neural networks rather than symbolic logic. The lecturer explained the advantages of this approach over symbolic logic, such as the ability to cope with misclassified examples in the training set. We looked at an example of a program that had been synthesized and was able to determine whether a graph contains cycles. It was very impressive, and the resulting program seemed intuitive and easy to understand. It would recursively search the graph for a path back to the current node, and answer yes, the graph contains cycles, if it was able to find one. In the coffee break, I spoke with Bartol, and I'm sorry to say, he lost his game of squash. I hope this isn't a bad omen for the England-Sweden game tomorrow. Not that I'm really following the football while I'm here. Bartol explained the biggest challenge was the greater variety of trajectories the ball can follow. Unlike tennis, you're having to return balls from the sidewalls or from very steep angles. I told him he was making excuses and should have tried harder. No, really, I did, but he took it in good humour. The second part of the lecture was about how we can train systems to learn social norms. This idea was again inspired by how we learn things as children, such as how to interact with other people and the types of behaviour that are acceptable and unacceptable in a social situation. This was an example of apprenticeship learning. The basic idea is to provide a number of demonstrations of correct behaviour in response to some event, with the hope of training a system that mimics this behaviour. The lecturer had written some software that showed some coloured shapes, like squares, triangles and stars, on a two-dimensional grid. Some of these shapes represented agents that could move around, say things, point at things, etc. One of these agents was in charge, and asked the others to complete tasks like point at something green, or say the name of another agent shaped like a star. Whenever an agent said something, some text popped up next to it. For some reason, I liked the fact that all this text was in caps and had exclamation marks at the end. I imagine these agents merrily living out their endless lives responding to these mundane tasks, but always with such enthusiasm and determination. I wonder what they're doing now. Anyway, these examples of behaviour were fed as training examples to a neural network. Amazingly, the output of this neural network was a program that carried out these tasks. The network had only observed the effects of these agents operating in the environment, but it had somehow managed to learn a program that actually carried out the same behaviours. It had learned by watching how the other agents responded to different tasks. This lecture finished a bit earlier than usual, so we had an extra half hour for lunch. I joined some friends and we sat outside under some trees in the shade. The afternoon session was an advanced lecture on the topic of reinforcement learning. It was about something called temporal credit assignment, which is a common problem in reinforcement learning systems. If you're trying to train a system to play a game like chess or go, the reward is given right at the end of the game, when you win or lose. 
You could use heuristics to decide how valuable a particular position is, which is how the minimax algorithm works, but this requires prior knowledge of the domain. To cope with this in a general way, the lecturer explained an approach called temporal difference prediction, which is a blend of Monte Carlo sampling and the breadth first search over a search space. I didn't really understand the details of how this works, but it's useful to know it exists if you're training on a domain you know very little about. The lecturer was also from DeepMind, so we looked again at how the algorithm worked on some Atari games. During the coffee break for this lecture, I went to register for the rest of the Flock conference. It was a short walk away over to the Mathematical Institute, where I picked up a second name card and a welcome pack. This was inside the Andrew Wiles building, which I happened to stroll past on Monday during my exploration. While I was flicking through for my name card, I spotted Benjamin Pierce, who is the author of the Types and Programming Languages book I mentioned a day or two ago. If I see him at the conference, I might have to embarrass myself and ask for an autograph. I also picked up a free chocolate ice cream on the way out. I couldn't resist. At the end of the final lecture, the organisers had a few words to say and thanked everyone for coming. After that, I said my goodbyes to a few people before locating my suitcase and leaving for my new accommodation. On arrival, I was greeted by Nicholas, who kindly showed me around the house. I asked Nicholas a few questions, and it turns out he's studying a master's in mathematics at Oxford. He wasn't aware the Flock conference was in town, but seemed interested in it. For dinner, I went to a local pub and reflected a bit on the day and the week as a whole. I already feel exhausted, and there's still a whole week to go, including this weekend. In retrospect, I'm wondering if I should have taken a day off over the weekend to catch my breath and get a good night's sleep before the second half of the conference. It's been difficult to produce these podcasts alongside everything that's going on. After dinner, I went for a short walk along the canal before retiring to my new accommodation for the remainder of the evening. A few minutes ago, I received some invitations to keep in touch with friends I've made this week, so that was nice to see. To finish this episode, I'd like to play a short snippet from the ending speech at the summer school. Thanks for listening. Um, I'd like to spend the last couple of minutes thanking the various organizers, Renata, of course, but mainly Alessandra and Nath, who did all the work. I was just around to put my name on the, on the, on the masthead, but these are the two who really put everything together. So thanks, Alessandra. And Nath.